You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I long for revival. I want to see a revival in my heart. I sing so often these many years, in my heart, in my heart, send a great revival. Teach me how to watch and pray and to read my Bible. You know, I don't know how much the people of God need revival, but I know I do. And I'm trying to be right with God. I do. I try to in the day right every day I try to first thing before I even get out of bed in the morning pray and I try to live right before God but I want revival because I know when you see the evidence revival there's more than what I'm experiencing I want to be all that God wants I want to be all that my wife needs my family I want to be all that you need as a pastor I want to be revived and God's word tells us, wilt thou not revive us again? Amen. Revival, we saw these many years, we've heard the definition that Charles Finney, the young lawyer who got right with God and became a flaming preacher, Finney said revival is a recognition of sin. I've asked us all this past week to, to examine our own heart. Is what's in our lives, it's sin. And let's not cover our sin and think we're going to prosper. But let's identify our sin. This is sin. You say, well, I don't have sin. Well, Hebrews tells us there's a sin that does so easily beset all of us. And it may not be uh, these what we call wicked, filthy sins, but all sin is sin. It may be fear. It may be that we're just afraid, that we're nervous, we're upset all the time. That, that's sin. And I'm asking you and myself as a recognition, let's figure out where, where we are missing the mark. A recognition of sin, a repentance of that sin. Lord, I want to agree with you. I am not right here. I want to get it right. And then a renewed desire to serve God. Last week we began with the evidence of revival. We continue with that today. Last week the evidence of revival is found in conviction. God will convict us. That's his purpose through the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin. He said, well, I, I can do that. I never, never convicted, never bothered. Well, then you're none of his. If you're saved, the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of wrong. That is wrong. I've given the illustration so many times in this church that you're tired of it. Uh, I was told a joke so many years ago, probably 45, 50, uh, probably 55 years ago, and it's nothing nasty, nothing dirty, nothing filthy, nothing wrong. It's just, I don't think it's appropriate. A godly lady told me the joke. And she laughed and it was funny. And I, I've tried to tell that joke so many times in this church. But every time it's the Spirit of God doesn't let me do it. It's not using a euphemism. It's not swearing. It's not nasty. It's not dirty. It's just not appropriate. And though I want to tell this story, and I think many of us would laugh at it, for some reason, the Holy Spirit of God won't let me tell it. That's conviction. 
the Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll convict me. And so step one of the evidence of the Holy, uh, of revival, step one is conviction. Step two we'll see today is conversion. When this church ceases to see people getting saved, we are in desperate need of revival. And when you or when I fail to see people saved in our life and daily witnessing and giving the gospel, people, and we we do not win souls to Christ, we are in desperate need of revival. I just preached from my Bible and Acts this morning, but I brought with me a book that I have in myself for so many years. It was 1925. They were speaking about the revivals going on, and, and they talked about the revivals that took place in in 1904 in Wales. And you know about the Welsh revivals that took place there, an amazing thing, how that young people really fueled the revival. And they talked about the fact that the church had drifted so far from God and the spiritual condition I read was very low and church attendance was so low and sin abounded in the church on every side. But then suddenly like a tornado, like a lightning bolt, the Spirit of God began to move and they began to see the multitudes come and services were held every day from 10 in the morning to 12 at night. It was an amazing thing. and it's a, a, a God began to do a great work. Infidels were converted. Drunks, thieves, gamblers were saved. Conversions began to happen all over the Wales and in five weeks alone, 20,000 people were saved and baptized. Revival began to spread and continued to spread. A preacher friend of mine went over to Wales and he said out of that great revival in 1904, great buildings and cathedrals were built all over that area and now because of the degradation, those buildings are sitting empty and they're begging, will anybody come? We have four people left. Are those buildings shut up? Will you just come and do something to get people back in church because these beautiful edifices are empty. When a church ceases to win souls, they cease from having or their great need of revival. They said in 1835, Titus Cones was preaching a great revival. And he preached in that revival. They said this, quarrels were made up Drunkards were reclaimed, adulterers converted, murders were revealed, thieves that stole property returned them. This was in Hawaii when this great revival took place. And they said people began to come and the building and the, and the, the, the camp meetings began to swell. And in one day alone, Mr. Cone baptized 1,705 people he baptized in those, those months of revival 11,960 people. People were getting saved. Lives were being changed. You know, when there's a revival that's going on, the aisles are filled with people coming down and people are getting saved and the doors, people are being led to Christ at the doors and the shopping centers and the works where we work and at the business place and here and there, the gospel is going forward. Hey, I look with you on the formula for winning souls. There has to be a formula. 
What, what is the formula? God says we need revival, and revival is evidence in conviction last week and in conversion this week. Well, what, what, is the, what, what, what is the formula? There has to be a formula. There must be a formula. Well, it's very easy. We see the formula in this text, in chapter 1, 2, and 3 especially. The formula is the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God begins to move, I don't know, I don't want to conjure anything up, but I, I sense the Spirit of God all the time. But I sensed him this morning how firm a foundation. The choir, let me tell you about Jesus. Well, I felt like saying, tell me. Come on, bring it on. I don't come to church to sit and analyze. Can't hear him very well. Sounds not good today. Temperature's not good in here. Uh, you know, I, no, I don't come. Too hot, too hot. Too cold, too cold. Too loud, too loud. Too quiet, too quiet. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be an analyst. Person is dull of hearing Hebrews 5.11. I want to come to church and say, bless God, bring it on. And then when you were singing that song, Brother Atwood, you left us, let us that last song. Man, I tell you, I love that. Then there is an on. Seen hand to me. I'm thankful for that hand that guided me this week. I'm thankful that hands have been guiding me all these years of my life. He has such an unseen hand, but he's always guiding. He's always leading. He's always giving direction to my life. Oh, may I say the Holy Spirit of God is the power for soul winning. Wait a minute. Acts 1.8. Let's read it together. Acts 1. Go back, if you will. Acts 1, chapter 1, verse number 8. And you say, I'm not winning souls. Well, this may be the reason right here. Acts 1.8, shall we read it together? Ready, begin. But ye shall receive power. You know, as we read this text, God said, I'm going to give you power for witnessing. I'll give you power to witness the word of God to others. He speaks about this power through the Holy Ghost. In verse number 16, the Holy Ghost is mentioned. He speaks about the day of Pentecost in chapter 2 and verse number 4. That Holy Ghost, that precious Holy Ghost who is God Almighty. And the Bible says that, that uh, the Holy Ghost began to empower these people for the purpose of giving the gospel to others in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Brother, uh, Brother Cooper, our evangelist and preacher, he, he talked about that the other day, how it wasn't natural to go outside to these other places. Who wants to go to Samaria? They're the enemy. But he said, the Bible says you're going to have power to go to those that are your enemy and give the gospel in Jerusalem. That's your home. I love it right here. I'm going to say, but Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. We've been having the joy in our teenagers tonight. I think they know about this, so I can say this at youth hour. In the youth hour tonight, I believe at 5 o'clock, they're going to go by a live interview with one of our boys that came here. He came from Cambodia, uh, and he came to Long Beach area, and, he, and there in Long Beach, he trusted Christ as Savior at that great Pacific Baptist Church. And then he came to college, and he married a little Cambodian girl, and they have about six kids, and they left here. And Brother Sarabong is on the mission field in Cambodia. And I tell you what God is doing there is amazing. 
It's just amazing to see the gospel is going to the area of Cambodia. It's amazing to see Joseph Saboteur. I don't know if Joseph Saboteur, when he was in school here, could even speak very well. He might, he'd probably watch him in the Philippines right now. He graduated, wasn't married, so he said, I'm not stopping, I'm going to the mission field. He went to the Philippines, and guess what? He's a Filipino, and there might be a few Filipinos over there. And he found one, and he convinced her to marry her, marry him, and they got married, they have a family. And he's got a guy, and that fella, that fella is just tearing it up with souls every single day of his life. You remember Mar Brother Marlon, Jim Wong? What a name. I changed it to Smith or something like that. Are you watching, Pastor? Six, 16 hours ahead of us in the Philippines. He came here from Hawaii with his wife and kids. They're in a Christian school. He graduated Golden State Baptist College. And I'm telling you what, Brother, Brother Marlon, you don't mind me saying this. If there's a man that's not going to be a flaming evangelist, it's him. But guess what God did? God touched his life. And it began here, 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 here. Worked all night long, but it always come out so and has winning people here to Christ. And has winning people over there. And he's taken something that's just a remarkable situation. And God has used him. And they're, they're seeing people saved literally every single day. And the church is growing. And baptism, it's just an amazing thing. I'm talking, I can go over to Hong Kong right now. Brother Andrew Al. One of our boys that left here. I, I can go to all these countries in Korea today and in Brazil today where we have boys out of our college as missionaries. And in China, in the, in, in, behind the Iron Curtain, I'm talking about they're scattered everywhere. Where? We're taking the gospel to the world. That's the mission of the church. Our mission is not to sit and sour and soak. It's to get the gospel to the world. He shall receive power. For what reason to get the gospel? So I don't win souls to Christ. Well, then we're in need of revival. And if you're like me, I hit sometimes dry spots. I'm thinking, oh, dear God. Dear God, what is it? If I'm not winning souls to Christ, I'm in need of something. I know that as we see the scripture here today, the, the formula for winning souls is the spirit of God. The, 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 the function of the Holy Spirit, he'll convict people. He'll convict us. He'll empower us. He'll call us. I find, secondly, the formula for winning souls is not only the Spirit of God, but is the Savior of mankind. Notice what he says in chapter 1, verse 11. Verse 10 says that while they steadfastly, steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel and said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye up looking into heaven? This same Jesus was just taken up into heaven, so so come in like manner as ye have seen him go up. As you've seen him go into heaven. What a thrill to know that our, our, our Savior, he is not willing that any should perish. Chapter 2, look at chapter 2, please. Chapter 2, verse number 21, here's our Savior. It came to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Could you read chapter 4 with me? Chapter 4, chapter 4 and verse number 1. Could you read it, please? Let's read it together. Chapter 4, verse 12. Chapter 4, verse 12. Ready? Begin. Neither is there salvation. 
You see, that name is ridiculed, and I, I could prove it to you this week in this city. That name Jesus, by authorities, has been ridiculed this name. That name, Jesus' name, has been ridiculed this week in Santa Clara. The nation doesn't want that name. The nation would be glad to accept Muhammad's name, but not Jesus' name. But I want you to know that there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, and it's his name, that name which is powerful, and he, he, Jesus, is counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That name needs to, let's talk about Jesus. That name needs to be lifted up. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Why? Because he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death of the cross. And God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that he is Lord, he is God, Jesus Christ is God and without him we'll die and go to a crisis eternity in hell. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me, well, I don't feel like it. You never go from feeling to experience. You go from experience to feeling. Ye shall know the truth. That's the experience, and the truth shall set you free. That's the feeling. Oh, I remember that day, not far from here, when that night, 1956, Jack knew he was a sinner. And I tell you what, would not go down that first stanza but somewhere around the second or third, I remember putting my foot in that aisle and heading down to go see Pastor Smith. And I tell you right there, as I put my foot out, the load was lifted. I'm glad, gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. I want revival. And if I'm gonna have revival, I, really, I, can, I can take the test. If I'm not winning souls, I'm, I'm in desperate need of revival. And how do you do, how do you do that? How do you win souls? By the Spirit of God and by the Son of God. He became sin for me. He who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Oh, so glad he saved me. Oh, the hope that we have in Christ. Thirdly, I want you to find out if we're in need of revival, we must be able to win souls and win souls, will win souls by the Spirit of God and by the Son of God and by the Scriptures of God. Notice what he says in chapter 2. In chapter 2, and my Bible says, in, beginning in verse number 25, and David speaketh concerning him. David was speaking. I foresaw the Lord always before my right hand. And up to verse number 31, he begins to speak about this one that's going to come, Jesus, who's going to die for our sins. You know, isn't it amazing? David was talking all about Jesus before Jesus was even here. Isaiah spoke about Jesus 700 years before he came. He said that he was going to be born of a virgin. And Micah said in chapter 5, verse 2, he was going to be born in Bethlehem. He told us that five, 700 years before it ever happened. 
the scriptures. This is where there's power. This is where there's power in soul winning. Well, they want to debate. This is where there's power. Don't debate. Just keep giving the word of God, the scriptures. Thank God for that Romans road. I love giving that Romans road. You know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? You know that God says the wages of sin is death? You know that God says that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth to the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth man com- uh, believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Do you realize that he is not willing that any should perish? And here they're quoting the Bible and they're quoting the fact of his death and his burial and his resurrection. Look at verse number, verse number 31 and seen, chapter 2, 31, and seen this before spake of the resurrection of Christ. His soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh seek corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up. This Jesus. Praise God for the scriptures. And then I say this. Notice, if we will, in chapter 2 and verse 21, the evidence of being spirit-filled, the evidence of the of winning souls, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the Son of God, the Scriptures of God, and then notice the souls. We'll see souls get saved. Look what he says in chapter 2 and in verse number 21. And it came to pass, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God says, I'll save you. Look what he says in verse 41. And they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Notice what the word of God says where we read in verse number 12. Of chapter 4, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I talked to you about that young, that young lawyer in 1821. He got so burdened for the Spirit of God. He went out to the woods and just began to pray. God began to work in his heart. The first awakening in America, there has been two, some say three great awakenings. America in 1730 was about ready to go under in 1730. And from 1730 to about 1750, a awakening took place spiritually. We were cold. We were indifferent. And a revival began to stir in America to the point that people wanted Bibles and people wanted church, and people wanted God, and souls were getting saved. Then the late, mid-1800s, mid 1830 to about 1850, a revival swept across again. This Charles Finney, the lawyer, was used of God so mightily. When America got so low, they were ripe for Revival. A cat or a dog has more rights than a a little baby in the womb of a mother. It's hard to believe. The safest place in all the world. 
We even have people running for office said that we, 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 you ought to be, and, and governors of the land, they say, we, we believe you ought to have birth of the baby. You know this. I don't have to tell you. Yeah, have the birth of the baby, then you and your doctor sit down and figure out if you want it to live. Friend, we're not, God's not going to let us sweep that under the carpet. When we have a disregard for human life and for a child, we're to protect. Now we legalize every type of marriage, men with men, women with women. Soon we'll be legalizing with people, with animals. You watch. Because I know I was mocked in 1977 in this church, not by our people here, but people would say, that's crazy to think that we'll have a day in the Silicon Valley where men can live with men and women can live with women. But it's abomination to God, friend. And it came. And they fly the flags. But the word abomination is a stench in the nostril of God. God said, I gave them up for men to defile themselves with men and women with women. That's God's word, Romans 1. We are in need of revival. This little booklet I brought before you today was not this message I preached, but I was reading it months ago again, just getting my heart ready. I've tried to read everything I can of revival. I saw in 1925, they did a study, 1925. There were 7,000 churches in America. One of the qualifications, they, they, they had the pastors answer, so 7,000 pastors. And 7,000 pastors pastored for the entire year without one soul in their church ever walking the aisle to get saved. Not one conversion in one year, 7,000. I don't know. Back then, they had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They estimate those 7,000 men may have preached in the same pulpit 560,000 messages. And not one soul. And not one soul. This church ought to get very nervous when we're not seeing people saved and baptized. They say, well, you know the history of this church. I know. We've had 80,000 people in 44 years walk the aisle of our church trusting Christ as Savior, and perhaps many times more than that, out in the streets trusting Christ. But friend, that was yesteryear. We cannot look at yesteryear. We cannot look at yesterday. We must look at today. What in the world is God doing in our church? And if souls are not being saved, the pastor needs revival. And God's people. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.